Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning. I'm joined by Julie Weisenhorn from the University hello, hello. of Minnesota. Hi, Julie. Was it snowing when you uh, came in? It was just, just starting just a to bit? snow. A little bit. Well, it doesn't matter, you... though. Nah, it's still <laughs> winter. Pretty soon, in fact, you and I were talking <laughs> off air about how busy people in your business oh, are my right goodness. now. Now, yeah. why are you guys, you yeah. should be home by the fire. But no, you've got you've got a lot of other things to we do. We got to get ready for spring. Yeah, we've got. Like what, uh, what do you got? What what keeps you so busy? Well, the Master Gardener core course just wrapped up. Uh, Two hundred plus Master Gardeners who have uh, you know folks who have uh, gone through forty eight hours of training and education at the U and actually at the Arboretum, and uh, they are now going to become uh, Master Gardener volunteers. And be out there volunteering to teach people how to garden properly and helping them answer their questions. Answer a lot all those of questions. sort of things. Yeah. Well, Teresa, she's a master gardener. Sure. I was a master gardener way back when in Hennepin County and um, state director for a while, too. And also, this is the time when we start having horticulture days, which, by the way, is a great way to get some really good in person uh, education from master gardeners and educators at the U. Uh, they're all over the state. You just have to, you know, figure out if your county's holding one or not. I'll be up in Isanti County in March, and also in Chisago County, uh, at those two horticulture days, doing some speaking. So hopefully, I'll get to meet some of our listeners up there. And, and the resources uh, like the university website. Uh, but if you're if you're just a novice, if you're just if you want to begin right. to be a gardener, don't be intimidated. No, These folks are no. really helpful. Yeah, super helpful. That's one of the things master gardeners strive for, and and we do too. In extension, as educators, is we always want people to feel like they can ask questions and not feel intimidated and not feel like their question's a dumb question because yeah. we like to learn right along with them. So right. we're point. always interested to hear what people have to say. Well, I'd like to say that Smart Garden Show is brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Awesome. Thank you. Who are going to be, I'm going to stop by and see them today, at the Home and Remodeling Show. Cool. We're going to be paying a few folks a visit there at the we'll U.S. Bank Stadium. Best. I will. Thank you. Yes. We appreciate that. By the Yard. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we would like to, to invite our listeners, as usual, to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question... Uh, here's the number, 651-989-9226. Call now. We've cleared the lines. Or uh, send us a text, 81807-81807. Here's a good question. Just came in. Is it better to use distilled water for all the houseplants so I don't have to guess which ones <laughs> I should use it for? Yeah, well, distilled water is a good option because it's, of course, not treated with anything. I would suggest adding a little bit of liquid fertilizer or powdered Fertilizer, just make sure it dissolves properly at about half strength of the recommendation when you do water. And you want to fertilize houseplants when they're actively growing. What's the deal with uh, using certain tap water What's the that, deal? <laughs> with, with, uh, on plants with, uh, that have been, what, what can I say, um, treated with uh, uh, like water fluorine, softener? Fluorine or, oh, well, the water softener has some salts in it. And so uh, 
one of the things with city water in particular is that it's it's treated with chlorine. It's treated with uh, I think I think the proper term is fluorine, and uh, chlorine. If you set if you fill up a a pitcher or a, a watering can and you set it aside for a day or two, that chlorine will dissipate into gas. Oh, it will. So it goes away. But the fluorine does not. Mm. And and uh, and that we do have plants that are sensitive to that. Also, uh, with softeners, those salts, as well as fertilizer salts, if you over-fertilize, can collect in the leaves of plants and, and create some burning along the edges of plants and Ooh. also do some damage on the roots, too. So you want to be—that's why we recommend half the strength of fertilizer. Just keep it really diluted and then uh, only, only fertilize while, when the plant is actively growing. That's when it needs those extra, that extra boost of nutrients. And then using distilled mm-hmm. water, RO water, reverse osmosis that's water is also good, yeah. too. Yeah. So if you have that in your house or if you get it at the grocery store, it's pretty cheap. And uh, I did that for, boy, a long time. I would haul six gallons of that yeah. RO water from the grocery store until we uh, finished our garage and I was able to wheel in our uh, rain barrels into there to use that for the for the sensitive plants primarily. Let's go back to the phones, Julie, 651-989-9226. Wes is calling from Afton. Hi, Wes. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How you, how you doing? Good. How are you good. doing? I'm better than good. It awesome. Oh, here in Afton now. So. Afton's beautiful. Uh, it is. It's nice. Question for you on oak tree limbs. Is it too late to cut them or trim them for oak, oak trees? No, you can go ahead and do that. Oaks, uh, the time of year that we do not recommend trimming, in fact, we avidly say do not trim them, is between April and June because that's when oak wilt is most likely to uh, infect a tree. So now is fine. Now is actually a pretty so. What you're saying, any other time except April through April, May, and June. That's correct. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, we have a great website too. I'm glad he brought this up Mm -hmm. called My Minnesota Woods, and it is. uh, It's got. I, I thought of it because on it it has a little graphic that that's shows the oak wilt risk. So you can go to that website if you're kind of scratching your head thinking, when was that that Julie said? Oh, you yeah. go to My Minnesota Woods. They also have awesome tree and kind of woodland information about, mm. you know, for people that have big woodlands or little woodlands and uh, people who have a lot of different trees. It's a lot of a great education there. Um, so it's called My Minnesota Woods, University of Minnesota from our forestry department. We'll be, I bet we'd be asked about that yeah, before the show is over. That's a great, yeah. great website. Our mag- texter says, are magnolia trees good in Minnesota? If so, which oh, one do yeah. you recommend? Yes, there are a lot of different magnolias. Uh, Royal Star Magnolia is one of the most popular and is very hardy. Um, uh, I think it's uh, and some of the other ones. I want to say, oh, boy, I'm drawing a blank now. But, um, but take a look at uh, our Plant Elements of Design database, which is on uh, our landscaping section, or um, send a... Uh, you could go to the Arboretum, call the Arboretum Library, and they'll tell you the, the magnolias that they have on property. Um, that would make trying sense. Trying to think yeah. of what they are. One is pink. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll check We're it during a break. break shortly, I'll check it during but, a break, uh, and I'll come back with some of those. But before we do break, I want to get Clarence and St. Paul's question uh, answered. Good morning, Clarence. I've heard that the rainwater has nitrogen in it. Is it that possible? Um, boy, uh, if it's... It, if it's been um, collected from, say, anywhere that there's been kind of uh, that there's possibly been plant material like gutters, um, 
runoff, that kind of thing. It may have nitrogen in it because it's taking along the plant materials or it's or those plant materials are breaking down as they're sitting in that water. It might have some nitrogen in it. I wouldn't count on it as a major contributor to that. It's always best to add that, uh, add a little bit of fertilizer if you're going to be using that rainwater. It can have some organic matter in it too. Hmm. So uh, it really depends on where it's collected from. All right. You do your little research there, and uh, we'll uh, we'll take a break. By the way, there's a line open if you want to ask your lawn or garden question to Julie on the phone, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Some light snow, some fog, even some mist reported in the Twin Cities. Our CCO temperature reading 24 degrees. We'll be right back. And good morning, good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Good morning. Who's a busy person these days. And we have busy, yet to, busy, to elect busy. her uh, to come in here and do some more work uh, for our listeners. <laughs> this is fun. It I is like fun. doing this, yes, yeah. We appreciate it. I know our listeners do too. And I got a list of magnolias. Oh, you do. Let's yeah. let's hear that. Actually, I'm gonna uh, def- I'm gonna refer the person to Magnolias for Minnesota. It's on our extension uh, garden site, and it's under trees and shrubs. So that's extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. Go to yard and garden. Go to trees and shrubs, and you'll see if you scroll down Magnolias for Minnesota. And some of those that are recommended are the Star Magnolia, the Royal Star Magnolia, Leonard Messel, the Merrill Magnolias. Cucumber tree magnolia. There's also some smaller ones called Anne and Jane and Susan. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, And boy, if you can get out to the Arboretum when those magnolias are blooming, it's like, it's unbelievable. It's one of my favorite times of the year out there. It's early spring. They, of course, flower before they leaf out. And uh, be sure to get out there and take a look at it. If we have a spring like last year where we had a long period of cooler weather, the flowers hung on there for a long time. Campus, also St. Paul campus, if you live near the campus, come on to the campus and look at down at the mall. We've got, you know, groups of magnolias all over. They're just gorgeous. As you can tell, I kind of am a fan. <laughs> that's great. It's good. I'm glad you found out about that. That's yep. a, that's a yeah, many so choices Magnolias there. for Minnesota is the name of the publication. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807 for your lawn or garden question. Uh, Diane in St. Paul has been waiting. Diane, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Thank Good morning. you so much for your program. Thank you. Sure. Um, I have a question about two rosemary plants that I brought in from the garden this past fall, yeah. and they're growing in a west window, but in the last two or three weeks, the top shoots, about two to three inches tall, have developed a coat of white powder that Ooh. looks just like fine snow. What have I got? Well, it could be a couple things. Uh, white powder on leaves... Uh, indicates like a, a kind of a mildew. Okay. Um, the other thing too is is I know that rosemary is sometimes susceptible to spider mites, and uh, so what I would recommend is uh, or other pests like that. So I would recommend taking a look at that a little bit closer and see if you can see if it's an insect that you see. If you spray it, and this is just for kind of determining if it's mites, you're looking for webbing on it. Uh, the spider mites will produce a fine webbing. And well, sometimes I, it's hard Sometimes it's hard to see, and so if you spray it with a little water, you'll see them, you know, then you'll be able to see if there's any webbing. Okay. 
Thank you. Good no, luck. Oh, bummer. Not good. Eh? It's hard to keep those rosemaries over the winter. They just, boy, they're a real, some people are really good at it. I am not. I've had, I had spider mites on mine and other assorted issues. Ugh. Not good. It's a bummer. 651-989-9226. 651-989-WCCO, if that's easier to remember. Or send a text, 81807. <laughs> I have some Mexican sunflower seeds from a friend's plant in the fall. When should I start them inside, Texter says. Well, they grow pretty quickly. Um, sunflowers are best sown directly into the soil, though. Um, you can try uh, You could try some of them in the house to kind of get a head start, but most packages, if you read sunflowers, they're sown directly into the soil when the soil's workable. Uh, other than that, if I were going to start them early, I would start them maybe six weeks before uh, you could plant them. And if you're in the metro area, that would be roughly around Mother's Day or so, about April 20th. That's my mom's birthday. That's how uh-huh. I remember that. And that's our last frost-free date on average. So a lot of people will plant around Memorial Day weekend, and uh, that's a good rule of thumb as well. Let's go back to the phones, Julie, 651-989-9226. Dave in Coon Rapids is next. Dave, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, thanks. Good uh, good morning to you. Two questions. Uh, One is an oak question. One is an arboretum question. On the oak, I trimmed up uh, oaks last uh, early winter, late November, and uh, one is a, uh, it's got to be about a 50-year-old burr oak sure. all twist all twisty and a lot of character yeah and i had one uh, large limb that was dying uh cut that off close to the trunk and there's still um open space in there where you know it had must have started rotting uh, or something you know right to the trunk it's okay. not solid wood all the way across do i need to plug that with something at this point no before? it's yeah it's probably best to just let it uh keep healing on its own uh, we used okay. to recommend things like like wound paint and latex paint and things, but we found research found that it it actually is it, it kind of delays the healing of the plant, sure. so leaving it sure. is probably better. But with this, you can actually poke your fingers in there. Uh, it's a it's an actual cavity, um, and that's what I'm wondering. Is I mean, it's wide open to bugs. Yeah, I don't think that it's going. I think you probably will have maybe you know chipmunks or something in there. Um, okay. There's probably bugs in there already if it's rotting. Um, if you have any issues with it, have a certified arborist come out and take a look at it. Okay. Um, you know, particularly when it's a favorite tree, like you've mentioned, and a really old tree, that's always a good good bet. But trees can trees can tolerate some rot like that and still be structurally fine. But okay. it's always safest to have an arborist invest in an arborist to come out and take a look. Sometimes cities right. have an arborist, a forester, who can come out and take a look too. So you oh, might want to yeah, check with your city right, yeah. your city okay. offices. And then second quick question, uh, I'm in Anoka County. Uh, do they have uh, plants at the Arboretum that will not grow north of the cities here? I mean, when I go down there and look at plants, do I need to be really careful about the fact that they're you know, 20 miles south of me? Oh, I see what you mean. Um, well, I don't. I don't think for Anoka necessarily, but be, that being said, it's always good. If you if you find a plant that you really like, it's best to look up and find out what its hardiness zone is. And if you are if you're in zone three A or three B, whatever it might be at that point. Yeah, I think it's three B. Three B four. Then um yeah. So then you might just want to take, you know, an extra if you want to be really extra cautious about that. Some plants will do fine. 
Uh, it, you know, even in 3B a little bit, they're kind of on the, you're kind of on the fringe there. Um, yeah. But um, but definitely look it up if you're going to buy a plant. All right. It's always the safest Thanks. bet. All right, Dave. Thanks right. very much for the call. Yeah, Thanks questions. for listening too. Thank to you. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Don is calling from Oakdale with a question for Julie. Hi, Don. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Morning, Good. Thank you. Great. Say, so I just recently purchased a house in Lake Elmo, and a contractor was there helping me do some work. He noticed that there were some leaves that were on the ground, looked like banana peels, and he said those are dangerous for dogs. Do you know what kind of trees I have there? And what that might be? I do not. Okay. That's tough. Um, the Yeah, the best thing is to have the tree itself, not the leaves necessarily uh, identified. It's too bad he didn't mention what the tree was. Yeah. Or uh, or have somebody take a look. You can send a photo in to ask an expert on Ask Extension, and we can see if we can identify it for you. But we want to see a picture of the tree, not just the leaves. So uh, So if you can do that, maybe you want to do it this spring even. Um, there are plant lists that, uh, just that have lists of plants that are poisonous for our pets and they are on the ASPCA list as well as I think also the, uh, Minnesota public health site Ooh. has one too. But, uh, yeah, you can definitely take a look at those once you identify the tree properly. So to, to reach us on ask extension, just go to our garden site at extension.umn.edu Click on the garden tab, go to yard and garden, and then if you scroll down to the bottom, it'll say ask extension. And there's an email opportunity there where you can put up to three photographs. Uh, You can attach those to your email, and that will come to a master gardener uh, or myself, and we'll uh, see if we can identify them for you. Because you you take care of Rosie's dog. I mean, that that Rosie's your dog. Yep, yeah. She's a... You're careful with that. Yes, yeah. And there are plants to be concerned about. A lot of the plants I've heard about more, though, are house plants or tropical sure, plants. Right, yeah. Not so many of our plants. There are plants, I mean there there are plants that if a dog eats enough of it, they'll get diarrhea or they'll vomit or something, but they're not it's not going to kill them. Okay. Well, on that note, let's yeah, uh, take a break. Yeah, happy note. <laughs> <laughs> we have another half hour of the garden show to go, so if you have a question, call it in or text it in 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. 24 degrees, a look at that forecast coming up. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show presented every week by our good friends that make the best patio furniture in the whole world, and that's by the yard. See them at the home and remodeling show today, too, as a matter of fact. 24 degrees, Julie Weisenhorn in the studio this morning. Julie, as you can see, a lot of textures, a lot of callers, too. Yeah. So let's get to it. Let's Sounds see. Good. Richard has been waiting there in Wasika with a question. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Morning. I have a question. Uh, we have a magnolia bush that's about five years old, and I've been told that you have to be real careful pruning those. You have to do it at the right time. Yes. When is the proper time to prune that? The proper time to prune it is after it's bloomed, so pretty quickly after it's bloomed. Uh, if you if you prune it after that, you'll end up pruning off the flower buds. Yeah. So, so not yeah. Too early, Same not with too lilacs. Late. Anything that's a spring yeah. blooming plant, you want to prune it right after it blooms because it's otherwise you're going to be cutting off the very reason that you planted that tree or shrub. 
Thank you, Richard. If you want to send a text to Julie, 81807. Let's see. Jean is calling from Stillwater. Jean, you're on CCO. Um, yes, I have two concerns. Okay. One of them is that last spring, the Lord landscaped my yard. Okay. And it was dandelions, um, Creeping Charlie, and... Uh, Violets, wild violets. Okay. And for the first time in several years, there were bees in my yard. Oh, okay, great. And they were of all sizes and all shapes mm-hmm. and all colors. Sure. And are they all, when honeybees are described, um, what do honeybees look like? Oh, boy. I would suggest taking a look at photographs because there's, um, or, you know, going online and looking at that, there's a lot of different kinds of bees and it'd be hard to describe them on the radio yeah, for you, would be, sure. but it sounds like you had a lot of, uh, a lot of pollinators visiting those plants, which That's is good. terrific. Yeah. Sounds like native bees, bumblebees. Good deal. Thanks yeah. for the call. 651-989-9226. Let us grab a text here if we can. Um, you know what? They're coming in by leaps and bounds. <laughs> Pouring it. Uh, let's see. We did that. We did the magnolia. A lot of magnolia questions today. Yeah, if today. somebody has a Merrill magnolia, that's a fabulous tree. Unbelievable. Yeah. I have a flowering texture that says crabapple tree, 15 years old. It's getting fewer and smaller leaves. I see some white greenish fungus on the bark. Uh, boy, hard to say. If it's smaller leaves, it might be uh, under stress. And the greenish uh well, greenish fungus on the bark is a lichen. Uh, sometimes that can indicate that there's an issue, but usually it's not. Um, and uh, best thing to do is if if you're concerned is to, again, get an arborist in to take a look at it or, or a tree care company. Okay. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Uh, Matt is calling from Minneapolis. Matt, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I got a question. We have a there's some deer hunting land up in northwest Wisconsin where we've cut in a lot of trails and a large camping area. Sure. We're looking for some type of a cover material, like a clover that will bring in deer but won't grow really high so we won't have to go up and mow. Okay, Something well, that would that'd probably be like a white clover. Uh, red clover is quite tall. White clover is shorter, and it can take your foot traffic as well if you're out walking those trails. Uh, deer love it. Bees love it. Uh, so you can uh, buy that seed in quantity. I, I'm not sure exactly where to buy it, but you can certainly uh, go online and look for a supplier. You're looking for white clover, not red clover. Yeah, the bees do love that, don't they? They do love it, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great plant for them. It's an early, uh, long-time bloomer. And if you do mow it, you know, the one or two times you might mow those trails uh, just to clear them, it'll mow just great. All right. Come right back. It's a perennial. It also helps uh, add nitrogen to the soil. Yes. It's a legume. Speaking of that, thanks, Matt. Speaking of nitrogen, Lee in uh, South St. Paul has a question. Hi, Lee. Yes, I have Morning. a question. I'd like some clarification on the nitrogen, or I'm, yes, nitrogen and raindrops. It's my understanding that since nitrogen is so prevalent in the atmosphere that when water molecules form, they attach themselves to nitrogen atoms, if you will, and that's where you have the nitrogen uh, attachments to raindrops. Uh I think, boy, I think you know more than I do about that, Lee. Yeah, um, I, I'm I, not really sure about that. I have heard because we we've talked on the car show about nitrogen and tires people put in, right? And there's nitrogen yeah. in the air yeah. everywhere. So. Yeah, 
So I'm not really sure about that, but uh, but thanks for the comment. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something, something to look minded. into. Yeah, something to look into. Lance in East Bethel is next. Lance, you're on CCO. Good morning. That nitrogen may not be nitrogen that's available to the plants. That's the only thing. Oh, it might okay. be in a different form. That could be the qualification. Yeah. Hi, Lance. Good morning. Uh, I got a bunch of geraniums out in the garage. Yeah. Uh, I've been saving them every year. And when would be a good time to uh, start watering them, bringing them back to life? And how far should a person trim them back? Well, if if you start to see growth on them and if you start to, um, uh, I would say you could move them in in March, move them into a sunny window and and then trim off any dead areas and... um, Boy, you you can cut them down quite a ways. Um, I would say it kind of depends on on the growth that you have and the form of the plant and how dense it is. And um, but you know you can bring it down to healthy green tissue and uh, anything that's dead or hollow or dry or anything like that. You could you could certainly trim that off. So um, you just give it a nice form so that it starts out the year in a nice shape. Kind of cut off yeah, the long gangly branches. Yeah, because they're about five years old, and some of them are as big as wash tubs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so you could probably bring those down a fair amount. Okay. Okay. Thank you. you All right, bet. Lance, thanks for the call. Lance leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send us a text, 81807. We were talking about the Master Gardener program earlier today, as we do once in a while. And someone wants to know, besides the hours of training, do you have to take a test? No. No, no test. No test. No test. Uh, you have to be interviewed in order to be accepted, and you go through an interview process, uh, whether formal or informal, depends on the county. Uh, each county handles that a little bit differently. They go through everybody goes through the same, you know, same process, but it's just whether it's a phone call interview or if it's an in person type of interview. Once you're accepted into that, then uh, you go through the the training. There are quizzes. Uh, because our our uh, classes are both available in person and online, and you can do a mix of that. Kind of depends on how your schedule is uh, working out, and um, and there are quizzes of ten questions or so at the end of each module. So, um, but nothing that's meant to stump anybody. Oh, or, good. I think you just need to get a passing grade on it. All so, right, but there's Very no good. exam. Good, good question. Uh, let's see. Could oh, here's interest. Should we try to remove a good size? hanging hornet's nest that remains oh. out on a limb on our maple. We thought it would come down. You could take it down now. They I don't know. reuse those nests, so they won't come back to it. But, um, yeah, you could certainly take it down now. There's nothing in it. Would you go over there and do that and help them with it? I would do that, would. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Just wondering laughs> yeah, take a take. actually, you could take a bag and just, you know, a paper bag, knock it into the bag and throw it right in the bonfire or in the garbage or whatever. Stamp and, on it if you feel like it. And run. No, there's nothing no, in there's it. Not, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. in it. <laughs> 651 no Frank in St. Paul is next. Frank, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, a question on an oak tree, for one thing. Um, I have a lot of oaks in my yard, and, and I had a clump of three a couple years ago, and one just gave way and fell. And I had an arborist come out and remove it, but it left an opening in the bottom by the trunk. And he said, just watch out for mushrooms. But I've got sure. squirrels in there right now that are starting <laughs> to dig that thing out and, and nest in there. I'm just wondering if that could affect the strength of the tree. So the tree is still standing? Yeah, there was a clump of three. Oh, okay. Yeah, and one of them gave way and Oh, fell. I see. I yeah. see. So it was a clump tree, a clump form. Right. 
Okay. Uh, boy, yeah, well, I would. I wonder if that, that might happen, uh, that they, I, I don't know, though. I mean, squirrels, squirrels will get into anything. Um, yeah. They, I guess I'd keep an eye on it and see if they're, are they just stuffing it full of nuts, or are they living in it, or are they having babies in it? Yeah, you know, there's there's an opening halfway up. You might want to cover it uh, if they're not in there. They yeah, might, they'll I, probably get in there anyway, though. They're tricky little devils. Yeah, they are. They, uh Okay. Well, I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, but. keep an eye on it, and then I, I, I think in that case you might, you know, you might cover it if you're concerned that they're going to be, if they're digging things out of it and they're, you know, causing a disruption to the tree. You might want to dig it out. They're not going to eat through the tree, I don't think. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a pickle. They're uh, they're kind of tough little. <laughs> yeah, critters. those are. are yeah. yeah, it's my friend Bernie in Africa has elephants in his community garden. Now there's and, a big problem. Yeah. And, and we have squirrels, so. <laughs> the elephant in the room the is literally. Pest, it's very relative to uh, where you are. All right. Julie, we have to take a break here. I see you uh, looking out our window. It is snowing, at least in downtown Minneapolis, maybe where you are as well. We'll get back to the phone calls and your text messages here on our Smart Garden Show. Light snow, fog, mist, 24 degrees on CCO. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio, brought to us, of course, by our friends at By the Yard. Uh, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is here answering questions, like you wow. said, off the air. We've got what a diverse a, bunch a really of really diverse <laughs> questions today, which is great. Yeah, we appreciate it's awesome. That. People are really thinking. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Pat is calling from Cold Spring. It. Pat, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hello, Pat. Oh, Pat is we uh, lost Pat. Pat's gone. However, probably we do in a, have probably we, in a low zone. You know, we do have uh, just a ton of text messages. You want to grab something there, uh, Julie? Because we have sure, you know, yeah. So somebody has a question here. Um, that's a complicated question, but I think I can answer it pretty quickly. I have cleared an old grove to plant a new grove north side of farm for windbreak. I am thinking of planting purple leaf plum hedge, Nanking cherry. Arborvitae, quaking aspen, and American red bud in five rows. What do you think? Okay, so first of all, choosing plants that are suitable for the site are most important. So whatever plants you've decided upon, you know your site. Look at the soil type, the exposure, the and uh, the moisture levels, and choose plants that will thrive in those conditions, not just make it, not just survive. Um, a couple of the plants that stand out, uh, American redbud, you want to be sure that you get the Minnesota strain. That is the one that's been selected for Minnesota. Uh, and you don't really say where you're located. So if you're north of the Twin Cities into Zone 3, that might be a little bit questionable as far as the hardiness of the flower buds. So you be, be sure to check that. The purple leaf plum hedge, if you're talking about uh, the plant I think you are, uh, I don't know if it's called a plum it's a purple leaf, uh, western, uh, western purple cherry, I think it's called. It can be very brittle, and so you might want to choose something or look into that. Uh, again, I'm not sure exactly what that plant is. Nanking cherries are awesome. They make fantastic jelly. The wildlife loves them. Quaking aspen are great choices. Arborvitae are great choices. And uh, all of, so there's other options too. A red, red twig dogwood are terrific plants or yellow twig dogwood, either one. Uh, those are great plants and they give you some of that uh, winter interest against the arborvitae and the other plants. So that's a great option too. Things like nine bark, uh, any twiggy plants 
that will also help stop that snow and uh, and work with the other plants to eliminate the windbreak. So choosing plants that fit the site, that's the most important thing. Another texter wants to know if ashes, we get this once in a while, oh, yeah. are good for the garden. Only if you have very acidic soil. And so you have to do a soil test first. If you add ash to, say, if you're in the metro area, most of our soil, and granted there are pockets, but most of our soil is alkaline. And adding ashes is going to raise the pH of your soil, which is going to make it extremely difficult for some plants to be able to take up the nutrients in the soil. So be sure that you do a soil test before you start adding ashes to your garden. That's not a good practice, just willy-nilly. All right. Back to the phones we go. Bill is calling from Minneapolis. Bill, thanks for calling. What can we do for you? Uh, I have uh, four uh, trees in the back. They're about 30 feet tall. They've been there about 30 years. And uh, I think they're pine. I'm not sure what kind. But I noticed for the first year this time that uh, the bark on the bottom of the branches on some of the trees is coming off. Now, I feed the birds, and I throw some on the, on the ground for the bunnies and the squirrels. But I've never seen this. It's, uh, they're, it looked like they're stripped. Okay. Uh, they could be stripped by, one of, by squirrels or animals, um, probably squirrels. Um, but the best thing to do, first of all, try to see if you can see the culprit, you know, in action, um, examine it pretty close up. You could send a photo into ask extension. It's on the bottom, uh, of our garden webpage at extension.umn.edu and then click on garden and then go to yard and garden, scroll down to the bottom. You can do that, and we can see if we can analyze it. But uh, also, if they're uh, really trees that and they sound highly valuable to you, then I would have an arborist come out and take a look at that. If there's squirrels, there's really not much you can do about it. You can't fence it. You can't spray them, nothing like that. So uh, you kind of just have to live with it. And, and it can do. It can be detrimental to those particular branches. But um, it's going to kind of depend on the health of the tree and the severity of the stripping of the bark. Okay. Good luck, Bill. Uh, Pat is back. Pat, good morning. You're on CCO with Julie. Yes, good morning. Thank morning. you. Um, the reason I'm calling is about my gardening from last last summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but my tomato plants uh, didn't amount to anything. And I don't know, I put down uh, uh, like uh, cardboard between the rows and stuff to try to prevent the weeds from growing. Could sure. that have been something? Probably not, unless the only thing that it might have done is if it started to break down quite a bit, um, then it, that carbon in the cardboard could be sucking up the nitrogen in the soil if you did uh, any fertilizing. Uh, if you didn't get any fruits on your uh, tomatoes, it could be the variety that you chose. It might be the sun, the amount of sun that they got. Uh, could be also... Um, the way that they were planted, it, it, it's, it's hard to say on the radio what that might be. But uh, I don't know if the cardboard, if they're not, if it's not really close, it, it can it can take up some of that nitrogen, though, from the soil. The carbon uses it up to uh, break down. That could be it. I don't think I don't think it would be that big a deal, though. So sure. sorry. I don't really have much of an answer there. Thanks, Pat, for calling. Uh, we have texters as well, and we'll see how many we can get to before you take your leave, Julie. Uh, here's a text that says, I saved my impatience seeds. When should I start them? Oh, boy, I don't know. I've never started impatience before. Um, boy, I think that's I, the first I, time I we had you, a question Yeah, like I think that. you could just take a look online and see what it says. You could uh, look at some of the, um, 
You could ask a garden center too. Yeah. You call your local garden center and ask them. Hollyhocks. Yeah, I remember growing up, my mother had hollyhocks. I yeah, tried to grow fashion, holly. Yeah. Fashion plant. I tried to grow hollyhocks, but never works. They grew in my mother's alley. I don't, what's your answer to that? I'm getting stumped here. Uh, <laughs> We're finishing holly, big here. Yeah, hollyhocks. Uh, it could be that the hollyhocks are, uh, well, hollyhocks, some are annuals, some are perennials, and some are, um, and some act like perennials. They seed. Um, there may be a treatment for hollyhock seeds. They might have to be soaked in water. They might have to be nicked a little bit, the seed coat. They might have to be in cold temperatures in order to get them to germinate. So again, sorry to recommend this, but take a look online or look up in a gardening book um, or contact a grower and ask them. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't grow hollyhocks. Somebody, uh, Julie, now I want to find out though. Now you more read more yeah, something more, more for you to do. For yeah. me. <laughs> uh, texture wanted a little clarification because I know you mentioned sure. addressed the, the trimming uh, of like the magnolia or the lilacs. Right, when right. you say texture says to prune after a bush or tree blossoms, are you saying to prune? When the blossoms are still on the plant or bush? No, you want to prune within two weeks after the tree is done blooming. After all the blossoms have fallen off, you've got about a window of a couple of weeks to prune before it starts to set bud for the next year. Okay. I think we have time for more. We're we're kind of doing a lightning round here. Uh, That's my lightning bolt. Let's (laughs) see. Okay. Pretty weak. <laughs> Wondering if you have done, we get questions about the winter sowing a lot here. Okay. A texter says, I'm trying it for the first year and planted a bunch of perennials. What are the best things to plant? Oh, boy. As a winter sowing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a best thing to plant for winter sowing. Um, uh, certainly things that are, can tolerate cooler temperatures might be an idea. Winter sowing, if anybody's wondering, is actually you're sowing it into a container and uh, and covering that container, people use milk cartons a lot of times, milk uh, milk jugs, plastic milk jugs, and uh, and they cut away the top, put the soil in, put the seed in, and it makes a little teeny tiny greenhouse. Uh, and then they seal it up, they tape it up, and they put it in a sunny location, and it actually will start to it'll heat up in there, and it'll actually start to to grow, and then you can transplant them later. Um, it's a really neat thing to do. Bachman's actually has a great publication, at least they used to, on winter sowing. So you might want to take a look at that. I don't know if there's any best thing, though. I would imagine things that are cooler uh, can tolerate cooler temperatures like greens and cabbages and Brussels sprouts and broccoli. Some of those that are uh, cold crops might You're be better. You're making me hungry. Hungry. <laughs> hungry. <laughs> I, we've got we've got less than a minute to go, Julie. I've started uh, uh, impatience. Some of the texter says for years. Okay, uh, slow starter, so I start yeah. them end of February. So there, there. you go. There's Thank your you. Answer. Thank yes. you for that. Pansies are also slow, and so are sweet peas. Uh, Teresa going to be here next week. No, you are. I will be here. You'll next be here week. next week. Yep. Okay. And for those folks that did not catch the university website, give that. Yes. So place. it's extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. Go to yard and garden. And if you didn't get your question answered today, or if you think of something during the week, you can scroll down to ask, mail in your question, or call a Master Gardener. And we will see you with more questions and answers next, next week. week. Very good. Stay tuned next for a news break and get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Linders. CCO temperature reading with light snow, 24 degrees. You stay with us on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.